This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee, where the state Surgeon General makes a rare public appearance to answer questions about Florida's response to COVID-19. Senator Aaron Bean says there's been a communications breakdown. I know there's a shortage, but we can, I think we can handle a shortage if we understand it and if it's communicated. The, the frustrating thing is, there hasn't been any communication. One tidbit to emerge from the grilling is that vaccine tourism is entirely legal. The governor may not like it, but state health officials say they cannot stop people from other states from being vaccinated here. The federal government has advised that this is a federal asset, so people can come from other states. But I'm happy to report with the numbers that I'm giving you that more than 96% of the persons who've received this vaccine in Florida are Florida residents. Governor Ron DeSantis holds press conferences in Ponte Vedra and Naples to announce public supermarkets in four more counties are offering vaccinations beginning today. 105 publics overall so far in the program. They've got over 750 of these statewide. So believe me, as we get more vaccine, you want it to be in some other counties, you'll do it. One thing we learned for sure during the COVID crisis is that our state's unemployment system is pretty much useless. But Democrats in the legislature have filed a bill to change that. It's so important that not only do we address the needs immediately with the unemployment system, but that we look back at these last 10 months and realize that this system was designed to fail and did so epically. And we're here to fix it. Donald Trump has been impeached again. It was a party line vote in the Florida delegation. And you'll hear debate from Brian Mast and Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Just be glad remarks were limited to 30 seconds each. We'll also check out your calendar of political events and then wrap up the podcast with a story of two Florida men who went grave robbing for religious purposes. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Thursday, January 14th. On this date in 1864, General William Tecumseh Sherman began his march through the South. It was the beginning of the end for the Confederacy. This is also National Dress Up Your Pet Day and National Hot Pastrami Sandwich Day. The surge of coronavirus continues in Florida as the number of new cases remains at record highs. There were almost 14,000 newly confirmed cases Wednesday. That increases the statewide total to more than 1,517,000. The state also reported 174 more fatalities. The statewide death toll has now reached 23,759. The Florida Surgeon General makes a rare public appearance to answer questions from state lawmakers about the response to coronavirus and the way vaccines are being distributed. Dr. Scott Rivkes runs the health department. He was a regular at the governor's COVID conferences at the start of the pandemic, but he's only made a handful of appearances since April when Rivkes made the mistake of telling reporters social distancing would be necessary until vaccines are widely available. That was not something the governor wanted to hear. However, state lawmakers want answers, so they asked Rivkes and his deputy to appear before the Senate Committee on Health Policy. Senator Gary Farmer of Broward wanted to know why teachers are not on any sort of priority list for vaccinations. Why would the teachers not be at a priority level, given the fact that so many of our, particularly public school teachers, are elderly, and there's high exposure. They're in rooms and on properties where a lot of people are congregating day after day after day. Why aren't we considering prioritizing teachers in the vaccination plan? Yeah, so first of all, if there's a teacher and educator who is 65 years of age and older, or if they have a serious underlying medical condition, those individuals can absolutely get vaccinated. 
but you're still not considering recommending that all teachers be at least put down and as maybe the next criteria for priority? Again, uh, when we look in the state, 85% of the individuals who've passed away are 65 years of age and older. We are in a supply-limited situation. And hopefully, as more vaccine becomes available, hopefully as other manufacturers are able to get EUA approval, we will be able to move beyond this group. Farmer also wanted to put Rivkey's on record about the need to continue mitigation efforts while vaccinations are underway. I guess my question, Dr. Ripkes, is do you believe that relying solely on vaccines is going to get us out of this pandemic? Or do you believe that we need to continue to engage in things like wearing masks, social distancing, and the other precautionary measures that the CDC has been recommending for some time? Certainly the vaccine is our path forward out of this pandemic, but it is not the only path forward. Um, I've issued three public health advisories uh, referring to CDC guidance in terms of vaccine mitigation measures, in terms of wearing face masks, hand washing, distancing, monitoring symptoms. So uh, as we are waiting for more vaccine to become available, we absolutely need to make sure that we're following the CDC-based mitigation guidelines. Do you agree that the more people that wear masks, the fewer uh, people are going to get COVID? Face masks have proven efficacy. You know, one of the things that we've learned about this, that there's some individuals who have COVID and be asymptomatic and can spread it. And also over the two to three days before somebody develops symptoms, they can also spread it. And so data show that wearing a face mask decreases one's ability to spread it. And there also is some evidence out there as well that if an individual is wearing a face mask and they're exposed to somebody with COVID-19, it will decrease their exposure risk. Deputy Health Secretary Dr. Shamariel Roberson was also there. Senator Lauren Book asked her if the state's limited supply of vaccine can be reserved for Floridians. What is the department's position on vaccine tourism? People coming to Florida because of, um, I guess, how loose we are in who can get a vaccine, if, as long as you're in that age range. What is the department's position on people coming to Florida who aren't necessarily Floridians getting the vaccine? So the federal government has advised that this is a federal asset, so people can come from other states. But I'm happy to report with the numbers that I'm giving you that more than 96% of the persons who've received this vaccine in Florida are Florida residents. And we have other, for example, healthcare workers from other states that are helping us with the pandemic that are allowed to come in the state that we've given this vaccine to. So that is the position from the federal government. It is a federal asset. People can come across county lines, but what we're seeing is it is Floridians that are receiving the vaccine at this time in Florida. Senator Aaron Bean had a simple request for Rivkeys and Roberson. What's he supposed to tell the people back home who still have no idea when they'll be able to get vaccinated? And why is it so hard to get straight answers from the health department? And the one thing that I want you guys to take away is there's great frustration throughout the entire state uh, over this vaccine dis- distribution. There's great frustration. And I think the frustration is, uh, I know there's a shortage, but we can, I think we can handle a shortage if we understand it and if it's communicated, the, the frustrating thing is there hasn't been any communication. They hear of other stories of other counties that have a plethora of it and that are giving it away to other, you know, just randomly or uh, giving it to teams just to go out and, and give it out when when other people have signed up on a website and have waited uh, a long time. 
nobody likes a skipper. Nobody likes a skipper. If there's an orderly process that is clear and communicated well, most people are patient. They'll wait their turn and know that new supplies are coming and I can wait my turn. But when there's no information, there's no rhyme or reason who's getting it. That's the frustration. So if there's one thing, it's not really a question. I just I want to impart on, on both of you that uh, we need help. We need help and we need clear direction and path to uh, alleviate the frustration. People will be patient if they know there's a plan in place. As lawmakers grilled the Surgeon General, the governor was holding press conferences to announce they're expanding the number of public supermarkets where people 65 and older can sign up for vaccinations. 105 publics overall so far in the program. They've got over 750 of these statewide. So believe me, as we get more vaccine, you want it to be in some other counties, you'll do it. Some people ask why you're doing some of the counties we're doing. You know, there's some counties that have really big healthcare infrastructure. I mean, Miami-Dade, they're doing a lot. Orlando, Jacksonville has a big infrastructure, a lot of hospitals. Uh, we looked at counties that may be a little bit more medium-sized that have a lot of elderly people uh, as a percentage. And so Marion, Hernando, and Citrus, and then the Panhandle, and now these counties that we're doing now are really, I think, way to get it to the demographic we want and boost numbers in counties that maybe didn't have as much vaccine prevalent as you've seen in some of these other parts. Uh, but we're not stopping here. We view this as something that we're going to continue to do. So if you look at what's the picture in the state of Florida, we have... Uh, over 70 community vaccination sites now with the state, the county health departments, a lot of county governments, uh, the hospitals. Many hospitals are doing a really great job. You know, they're doing thousands of shots a day uh, in some of these big hospital systems. We also have some major vaccine sites like Hard Rock Stadium in Miami. And then we're also working with places of worship to be able to bring vaccine to folks. And so on Sunday, I was in Bay County, but we had it all over the state partnering with a lot of churches uh, to get senior citizens vaccinated. Now, you just can't show up at Publix and get a shot. It's appointment only. And Governor DeSantis says it may take some patience to get through the process. This thing is like the new iPhone times 10 in demand. So like the, the servers melt when we do phones, the phone lines melt. So they make sure their website is staying up. They throttle it. So sometimes people have to wait a little bit. But that's all so that we're able to keep the appointments going. They're going to be gone by the end of today. I'm, I'm a positive of that. Uh, and that's pretty much how it's been. But what I would tell folks who weren't able to get an appointment today, as new vaccine, as they get the next shipment scheduled, they're going to schedule you for, for that. And if you didn't get it this week, you're going to have a chance next week. Uh, it's going to happen. Uh, we have way more demand than we have supply. But uh, this is going to happen. And so just hang in there. And uh, as, as many ways we can do to, to make it happen, you know, we're going to work to do it. So, but yeah, I mean, this, it's a, it's a very um, sought after appointment. And what's going to happen is as, as you know, if we're continue to do the level we're doing, you know, the demand is going to soften a little bit just because a lot of people have gotten shots. And so then you may have an easier time getting through. Uh, and then next week may look a lot different than this week because we're, we're getting all this stuff uh, done. So just hang in there. But yes, it's a, it's a very prized commodity right now. The coronavirus has also infected the state budget, and the new chairman of the Appropriations Committee in the House is warning his colleagues to expect budget cuts. State economists are projecting a $3.3 billion reduction in general revenue over the next couple of years, which is actually a big improvement over their previous estimates. Appropriations Chairman Jay Trumbull of Panama City also says they cannot count on federal assistance to cover the projected shortfall. Next up on Sunrise, Democrats have come up with a plan to fix Florida's wretched unemployment compensation system that failed in spectacular fashion at the start of the pandemic. 
When Florida locked down last year in hopes of containing the coronavirus, more than a million people ended up losing their jobs. And that's when we discovered the state's unemployment compensation system was a disaster just waiting to happen. State Representative Anna Eskimani of Orlando says it's time to fix it. It's so important that not only do we address the needs immediately with the unemployment system, but that we look back at these last 10 months and realize that this system was designed to fail and did so epically. And we're here to fix it. It has been a disaster, to put it to put it bluntly. We have seen uh, the Connect system continue to cause so much stress for everyday people, uh, payments be delayed, forcing folks uh, into um, economic straits that that could have been prevented if we had a functioning, upgraded, modernized system with accountability measures in mind. You cannot survive off $275 a week. You cannot survive with only 12 weeks of benefits on a sliding scale. This system was designed to say no to you. It was designed to push you out, not to bring you in and give you the resources and then find a new job. And so with that said, I'm really proud um, to have filed this legislation to completely modernize and revamp Florida's unemployment system here during the 2021 legislative session. Of course, many of us have made a call for special session. We wanted this bill months ago. Eskimani has filed the reform bill in the House. Senator Bobby Powell of West Palm Beach has filed the companion bill in the upper chamber. It's going to modernize access and strengthen benefits. It will dramatically improve weekly benefit amounts to $500 per week and changes the weeks that are available to meet the national average of 26 weeks. Remember, the number of weeks that we have, we in the legislature, not us, but this happened in the legislature while we were here, that they switched the amount of weeks that you could get. Also, uh, the work search requirements will be less burdensome and there will be adjustments adjustments made for seasonal workers farm workers and state of emergency so that folks can access their benefits without all of the red tape that we've seen recently added to the system that is absolutely an epic failure. Finally, it will require the Department of Economic Opportunity to provide at least two other ways for residents to apply for assistance in addition to submitting the application online or by, uh, by mail. What we've seen is that there's a lot of people in our districts who don't have access to the internet. They have to go to a library or figure out some other type of way to get access. If people could call in for their benefits, and a lot of our people in our communities don't know how to use uh, or don't understand the internet, this would make it a lot more accessible for people. Senator Janet Cruz of Tampa says the fundamental problem with Florida's system is that it was never designed to help people who lost their jobs. It's an obstacle course designed to discourage people from filing claims so businesses pay lower unemployment taxes. During the last 11 months, it's been painfully obvious how inefficient our current unemployment benefit system is in terms of delivering benefits that Floridians are owed. Another really, really important piece of this legislation is expanding access to these benefits so that more Floridians are actually eligible. The current system is really archaic and it's intentionally designed to ensure that fewer individuals are eligible so that the tax rate for corporations stays low. We need to focus on the people of our state, those people that desperately need assistance, not corporations. These benefits will also be paid retroactively to the date of the job loss. The system is set up now to to force people to wait for a week or two without pay. So look, we know that there's so much that needs to be done to enhance the efficiency and fix the current unemployment benefit system in this state. It's a disaster. It's been an epic fail 
for Floridians when they needed us the most. The Democrats talk a good game, but they know the unemployment reform bill will not become law without significant support from Republicans, including several lawmakers who voted to gut the system 10 years ago. The U.S. House of Representatives votes to impeach Donald Trump on a charge of incitement of insurrection for his role in last week's deadly Capitol riot. Democratic Congresswoman Debbie Wasserman Schultz of Broward County was one of the yes votes. Thank you, Madam Speaker. I rise to support the impeachment of President Donald J. Trump for seditious acts against America. To overturn the 2020 presidential election, Trump incited a violent assault on Congress, a treasonous betrayal of our nation. This criminal incitement left us with five dead, including a police officer, a desecrated capital, and a second constitutional crisis. His acts show contempt for the rule of law, the Constitution, and the foundation of any democracy, a peaceful transition of power. President Trump is a clear and present danger to American lives and democracy, and he leaves us no choice but to immediately remove him from office. Republican Congressman Brian Mast of Palm City voted against impeachment. Thank you, Madam Speaker. I rise with a very simple question. On January 6th, thousands broke the law by taking siege of our, of our capital here with us inside. Has any one of those individuals who brought violence on this capital been brought here to answer whether they did that because of our president? A total of 10 House Republicans voted to impeach the president. None of them are from Florida. Your calendar of events, the Senate Appropriations Committee gets a presentation at 9 about Florida's long-range financial outlook. The House Health and Human Services Committee holds a workshop at 9 about COVID liability protections. The House Pandemics and Public Emergencies Committee hears from Division of Emergency Management Director Jared Moskowitz at 9 about COVID-19 vaccination planning and implementation. At 11, the House Local Administration and Veterans Affairs Subcommittee is scheduled to receive a presentation about the U.S. Space Command and the potential benefits if the command's headquarters are located in Florida. They may need to change that because it's actually going to Alabama. The Florida Supreme Court releases its weekly opinions at 11. The state Surgeon General is scheduled to make a presentation to the Senate Select Committee on Pandemic Preparedness and Response at 11.30. The Florida Elections Commission meets online at 3, and the Florida Gateway College trustees meet at 5 in Lake City. Two Florida men are accused of stealing the skulls of four veterans from a cemetery in Mount Dora for use in religious practices. Their coffins were pried open with a crowbar last month. Investigators found cigar butts at the scene, and the DNA on one of those stogies led them to 43-year-old Brian Tolentino of Davenport, who confessed to the crime and gave up his partner, 39-year-old Juan Burgos Lopez. They told detectives they robbed the graves of veterans because they needed remains from those who had done something heroic. Finally today, a Florida man is accused of stealing a floating tiki hut with a built-in bar that was discovered near Hawks Channel in Key West. The Coast Guard says they found one person on board who appeared to be intoxicated. The unidentified man was taken into custody by Florida wildlife officers, and the Coast Guard issued a statement reminding mariners not to drink and boat, even if your boat is just a floating bar. That's it for today's episode of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg in Tallahassee, inviting you to join us again tomorrow as we plumb the depths of Florida politics.